Thanks for joining us this week on the show. I'm so happy to have you with us as we explore the ideas of chasing goals that don't bring you happiness. Or if you've accomplished goals, but you're just not satisfied when you get there, you might think that you're doing it wrong. I'm here with a newsflash. You're not doing it wrong. They lied to you about what would make you happy. So let's take a look at goals that aren't aligned and how we can make the process feel more magnetic and appealing so that you enjoy the journey. Thanks for joining me. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. What if you could maximize your meditation practice with a tool that maximizes your time and attention with images and affirmations carefully selected to boost your positivity, to help you integrate your intentions into your subconscious? I have a special gift available for you. Visit happifiedlife.com and click on the Start Off Happy button to take a look at the phenomenal technology created by Positive Prime that uses neuroplasticity to literally wire your brain for more happiness, higher productivity, better relationships, and greater success. Head over to the happifiedlife.com page to start off happy with Positive Prime. Enjoy it free for 30 days Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me this week on the show. I'm going to dig in a little bit on the topic of success and why it might not bring you the happiness that you expect after doing all of the hard work and achieving your goals. Have you ever noticed this to be the case? Have you ever been one who has put in the work, the long hours, missed out on fun times with friends, maybe even put a relationship on hold and then found that there really wasn't much to come back to once you reached that pinnacle, that finish line that you were reaching for. And then in the end, discover that you just weren't satisfied. You just didn't feel fulfilled when you finally achieved what you had set your sights on. I can relate. I can appreciate how that feels, that deep disappointment. You might feel discouraged. You might feel like not setting goals again, or you might feel like you did it wrong. Maybe you didn't set a goal that was far enough or high enough. You didn't push yourself hard enough. You could have done more. And that's exactly what I hate to see people do to themselves because as a population, I feel like we tend to struggle with confidence, with feeling worthy of all of the good things that we deserve to be enjoying in life. And you need to stop putting your pleasure on the other side of the pain of accomplishing these goals. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it is them. Maybe it's everything that you've been told, everything that you've been taught about achieving success and what that means and where happiness actually lies. So let's dig in. It's time to stop chasing goals that aren't yours. And it's time to stop believing that success is what you require in order to feel happy 
or satisfied or content. Whatever word you put on that feeling of contentment, of pleasure, of enjoying the simple state of being, right? Maybe happiness feels like a higher goal for you. Maybe you've kind of equate happiness with joy. It's all a matter of semantics, but feeling content and satisfaction in your accomplishments is something that everyone deserves to be feeling and you deserve to be feeling it right now. So if we're going to take a look at goals that aren't authentic, that don't resonate with you really, but this is what we've been chasing, you've got to ask the question, where did they come from to begin with? And so maybe with a quick second to think about that, you're already thinking, you know, a lot of our patterning and modeling comes from our parents. As we are children, we see what our parents aim for and reach for, what brings them happiness or seems to disappoint them, what they consider to be success. And certainly we absorb what they feel will be success for us, right? What they feel we need in our lives in order to be happy. They want us to be happy, but they also want to be happy and satisfied with the life that we create for ourselves. And that can be a little hard to separate, right? And so understanding where they're coming from and what that means is a really important perspective. Starting to differentiate the difference between what their goals are, what brings them happiness, and what brings you happiness, what you want to create in your life, what achievements or accomplishments actually align with the person who you desire to be free of all influence and modeling from that external world. And beyond our parents, you know, our family at large, our teachers, mentors, friends, our social groups, we certainly see people in our social group who seem to be very happy, who seem to be very successful. And we might admire that and want that for ourselves. Not always understanding or remembering that it, there is that filter in place, right? We've been talking about that recently, that social filter. We see what is fit for print, if you will. We don't always see the authentic state, how satisfied and content they are in all aspects of their lives. What we might be seeing is the house that we admire, the car that we wish that we had, the pictures of their vacation that we don't give ourselves the time to take. And that's where some envy can be coming up, right? That can start to shape our picture of what our success should look like. So after we start to peel back the hopes of our family, the expectations of our parents, the projections that we see socially around us, why do we feel that those pictures of success are for us? You know, what do we see in those and how can we shift our perspective and start to tune into what is really aligned for us? What is really going to bring us that satisfaction and contentment when we get there? And here's a big question, a little spoiler alert. We're going to be coming back to this. Is it really all about the finish line or is it time to start focusing on the journey and where you are and stop measuring yourself as to be falling short? So a lot of times when we chase these goals and we, you know, 
get to these finish lines. You know, we want a job promotion. We want to finish a project. We want a promotion at work. We want a pay raise. We want to move into a nicer home. How do we feel when we actually get there? Think about the last thing you really pinned all of your hopes on. You put all of your attention there. Maybe you did let things fall away, relationships, your physical health, other situations in pursuit of this goal. How did you feel when you got there? Was it all that it was cracked up to be? Or did you feel a little disappointed? Or do you remember feeling satisfied, feeling joy in your accomplishment? But did you recognize that sooner than later, you were already looking for the next pursuit, the next goal? How long did you actually let yourself relish in that state of accomplishment and take joy in what you created, produced, or brought to your life. A researcher in the field of positive psychology, Sonia Lubomirsky, who wrote a terrific book, The How of Happiness, kind of breaks this down into a really easy to visualize pie chart that kind of illustrates that problem of when we reach our success, we don't tend to feel the happiness that we expect to. So if you have felt this, you are far from alone. In fact, Sonia in her research identifies that people who describe themselves as happy versus people who do not, in about 50% of cases or 50% of the influence, I should say, is our genetic predisposition. Right. So there is always a question of nature versus nurture. Were your parents happy or satisfied people or were they always craving something that they didn't have? You know, in your childhood, in your family, were people tending to be positive or did they tend to be negative and hold on to stress? About 50 percent of that seems to be genetic. And about 40 percent of our happiness or positivity comes from the things that we do day-to-day, -day, our positivity practices. Maybe that's your gratitude practice. Maybe that is making random acts of kindness, things that we do that lift our mood, that reinforce that happiness is a state that we can enjoy at any time, that we can create it for ourselves. We start to seek it out now, as opposed to putting it on the other side of a finish line. And so the remaining 10%, only 10% of the happiness and positivity that she and her researchers measured in the people that they studied came from achievements and accomplishments, reaching our goals. When we get the nice house, we already see something that someone else has that makes us wish we had that too. When we have a nice car, we see the new model and we wish maybe that's something that we can accomplish. We start to reach goals and then want what is beyond them, we get into that habit of always wanting more. But we also, as humans, we adjust very quickly. We get used to our surroundings. And so that pinnacle of success that we used to set our sights on, that we worked and worked to achieve, once we have it in our hands, it loses its luster. It just doesn't have the same sparkle. And so it doesn't bring us the happiness that we have assigned to it, the happiness that we have expected to receive from it. So if you go back to that math, yes, about 50% does come from whether you have in your family people who tend to be happy and positive. 
but a not insignificant 40% of people's positivity arises from daily practices, from their perspective, from the way that they wire their brain through neuroplasticity, through where they put their attention, through the satisfaction that they gain from things in their daily life, that builds our happiness. So instead of believing that we have to cross that finish line in order to have what will make us happy, when we start to see happiness and pleasure and contentment where we are right now, we will be more positive where we are right now. And if you look back to a podcast I did on the superpower of positivity, you'll see that people who are positive actually reach their success more quickly and more easily and with the help of others. Mind blowing. I know, right? We're kind of putting the cart before the horse in thinking that we have to reach goals in order to be happy. When we flip the script, when we put our happiness first, when we make it a priority, it is easier and we get to our goals more quickly. So hold on to that one. We're going to come back to it and we're going to take a look at ways you can start to foster more positivity right now. But sometimes we just, because we've bought into this paradigm of what happiness means, of what success looks like, we don't always understand what actually makes us happy or content or satisfied, what brings us pleasure and that it doesn't have to be big, unattainable items. So one of the ways that I love to come back to what makes me happy to make time and space to tune in with myself, to cut out the extraneous noise and find out what feels aligned is to create space. And I mean, creating space in your calendar, carving out time and holding on to it so that you can have that time for play and exploration, time to pursue moments of awe and wonder. Just let your heart be your guide. Don't even plan. Don't necessarily define what you're going to do with this playtime that you've carved out for yourself. Let the spirit move you. Let the nature of the day take you to whatever you feel called to do. And I would like to say that this is one of the sticking points that I keep coming back to that I keep working on myself. Carving out time for nothing is a difficult thing to do. It's a big ask. And I don't have children that I'm raising at home. I have a part-time job and the things that I love to do here, creating this kind of content for you. You might think that I don't have a lot of things on my plate, but if you looked at my calendar, you would wonder how I keep my head on straight, right? Because I have this habit of overwork. I have this habit of filling all available time. I struggle to say no to people, to events, to opportunities. I, I'm a big yes person. I'd love to go to the concert. I would love to go to the festival. I would love to go to the garden tour. I would love to make a podcast episode this week. And yes, I can pick up a couple more clients on the side. I love saying yes. It is one of my happy places. And I am learning to honor the power of that space of making space for play and creativity. Personally, that is one of my priorities is bringing more creativity in. So what is something that lights you up? Is it creative exploration? Is it being a little artistic or just coloring in a coloring book? Is it getting outside in nature? Is it moving your body? Is it engaging in different activities? You know, maybe going to a climbing wall in a gym or going climbing in nature with a friend. You know, is it going to the beach or going to the mountains? Is it 
driving a little bit out of town and just getting to where there's a little more space and a little less busyness of the city life around you or vice versa. If you're in the heartland and you've got plenty of space on the regular, is it finding something that's going on in the city, a, a museum expedition, exposition, a play, an event that draws you in and brings you into a social community when you typically have more space than people to contend with. So what are some things that might light you up with your playtime? I like to, and this is an exercise that I have shared in some workshops that I've created and with some of my clients, I love to create a things that make me happy list. You can call your list whatever you like, your happy list, your wish list, your self-care list. Give it a name that you enjoy. It doesn't have to aspire to be anything else except a place where you jot down the things that make you happy. Maybe you know them now. Maybe they're things that as you experience them, it's almost like a log. You come back and you write that down. This was a win for me on this day. Walking around after lunch instead of sitting in my office chair made me feel better. I'm going to write that down. Having a cup of tea instead of a cup of coffee so I felt better about myself, had less caffeine, but still had something pleasant to enjoy through the afternoon, that made me happy. Maybe I'll look for a nice, another kind of cup of tea to enjoy another day. So things that make me happy list, that's what I call my, my own. And I tend to start a blank piece of paper, unlined, unruled paper, maybe have some different color pens or markers or colored pencils and jot things down in a haphazard fashion, right? And then someday when you have five minutes, 10 minutes, or you have a whole day to yourself to explore, you can let your eyes fall on the page and see what jumps out at you. Make it be your own kind of word find. So I love the make me things that make me happy list. I hope that you'll make one. And if you want to share a picture of yours, come on over to the Live With Less Stress Facebook group where we continue the conversation from these episodes. And I share things that just stand out to me or bring me a little humor through the week. And I share those and hope that they do the same for you. So one of the other ways in which we can reconnect with things that make us happy is through social connection. We humans are very social beings, and we thrive when we are in the company of people who we enjoy. And there are introverts, of course, and extroverts, and not everyone wants to be in a large group of people. So people who you resonate with, people whose energy supports you and doesn't leave you feeling drained. I'm not saying go jump into a big group that it takes you a couple of days to recover from, but seek out people who you enjoy, things that they like to do, or you know that they like to do things similar to your own, and you could build a deeper friendship through more opportunities to connect, but look for ways in which you can build social connection really helps us feel more fulfilled and connected. And it helps us to create more memories that we enjoy, that we can look back on as evidence of how much pleasure and happiness we enjoy in life. Right now, right here, where you are on the path, not on the other side of the finish line. And social connection is just one of the aspects that I would also encourage you to take a look at. So if you're still not sure about what makes you happy, what makes you one of a you know, an exercise that a lot of different coaches and practitioners like to share with their clients, and so you might be familiar with the wheel of balance or the life 
wheel. There's typically eight aspects of balance that are represented in this wheel, if you imagine a wagon wheel with spokes so that you have eight areas within it. And so beyond social connection, having friends, we also have the romantic connection or partnership. Other aspects of balance in this wheel are the, our physical environment, how we feel in our home. Is our home healthy and supportive for us? How we feel in personal or spiritual development, whether you are a religious person, a spiritual person, or someone who simply seeks to grow and evolve along your unique life journey, whether that's personal development or spiritual, what feeds your soul, finding people who inspire you, who give you ideas and the courage to be more can be very uplifting. It's good to have some goals as long as those goals are aligned with you and what you feel is most important with your personal values. And then in the area of work and career, you know, you want to feel satisfied in the work you're doing right now, but also in the trajectory of your career. Maybe work is not your passion, but overall, you can see yourself incorporating more of the things that do light you up. So once you find your mission in life, that doesn't mean you have to change jobs, but how can your work support what you want to be able to create in your life. Another aspect is money and financial support. This can be a touchy area for some of us. A lot of us have money stories that come from our childhoods or again, our social circles. But how can you feel satisfied and feel like you're moving in a good direction financially? One aspect of this wheel of balance fun and recreation, having that space for play, as I already mentioned, to have creativity, to allow curiosity. These moments of awe and wonder, as we experience them, they actually help us to slow the passage of time by giving us these snapshots, these memories and experiences. So fun and recreation is a powerful counterbalance to the busyness of our stressful lives. I already mentioned romance and partnerships as I scan through my notes here in friends and family. And then finally, physical health. If we don't have the physical health to enjoy our lives, to enjoy doing any of these things, then it is a struggle. So this is a big list. Maybe you were jotting those down as you go along. If not, I will share a resource for you in the show notes. You're welcome to pick up my handout, which includes the Wheel of Life. So you can take a look at these aspects of balance and find out where you rate yourself. Kind of give yourself a scale of one to 10 along every of these little pie sections in the wheel. And then choose one area where if you feel you had a little support here, if you feel this area of your life had a little boost, you would feel happier. You would feel more content, more satisfied. And what's one thing you can do to start moving the needle there? How can you start to feel a little bit more balanced in this wheel? Sometimes they're pretty lumpy. Sometimes it looks a little square. Sometimes you don't think this thing is going to move down the road at all. It looks anything but a circle. And that's absolutely fine. You might take a look at this now. You might take a look at this three or six months down the road and have a completely different picture because our perception changes 
throughout our stages of life. So this is a wonderful exercise to look at now and to come back to in the future. And just to see if you're feeling dissatisfied, if you're not feeling very happy, where could you give yourself a little boost to come back to balance? And I've got air quotes on that word balance. I know it's triggering for a lot of people to think that, you know, life and work should be balanced. Don't should on yourselves and don't prescribe to anyone else's picture of balance. This is about what works for you. And right now you could have a work project that you feel passionately about, and that could be the primary focus. Or you could have a work project with an imposed deadline that feels like drudgery, but you know, once you're through that deadline, you're going to come back to the other aspects of life, right? As long as you have short term kind of episodic times when you're way on one end of the spectrum and not the other, and knowing that there's the opportunity to come back to it. But you don't want to live in that point of sacrifice where you're completely focused on work and you're letting everything else in your life be completely neglected for anything but a short season, right? So see where you can try to come back to, if you like the word harmony, I welcome you to use that. Whatever picture of balance serves you right now where you are in your life. So beyond tuning into what helps us feel happier, what brings us satisfaction, what helps us feel more balanced and resilient, you know, it's really helpful to check into how can we choose goals that actually resonate, that are aligned with us and where we want to go and what we want to create, goals that are aligned with our personal values. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, in that spiritual or personal development realm, there are countless thought leaders who you might become familiar with through podcasts, through books, through, you know, articles, coming across them, seeing speakers. One right now that my friends love to share me podcasts by is Mel Robbins, and she does wonderful research into habits and positivity and how can we optimize ourselves right? Lisa Nichols is a wonderful female speaker, role model, single mother, amazing person who has set powerful goals for herself and has accomplished them. Les Brown is a very charismatic speaker and always very motivating to listen to. What are some speakers or thought leaders that you find inspiring? I'd love to hear from you. Again, over in the Live With Less Stress Facebook group, comment here if you're watching the YouTube video or on happifiedlife.com and let me know some people or some things that spark that kind of inspiration and motivation within you. And choose goals or choose suggestions from them that don't feel overwhelming. Again, that don't feel like they're pressing you into a mold, you know, to fit some kind of expectations. Find people who you resonate with, who don't let leave you feeling less than or being hard on yourself, but inspire you to grow rather than making you feel pushed into anything, right? Look for those magnetic energetic responses. That is your inner self. That is your true being resonating with something, connecting with something that is going to bring you forward. And then if you change your mind, you can change your mind. We're all still moving along this path and refining the process, but we don't know unless we give it a try. We give it a listen. We find things, we outgrow things, and we move on to the next. 
Another thing that I love to consider and that I have learned in my own perspective in choosing goals that resonate is the importance of seeing and understanding generational patterns. And I say not infrequently that I think we are healing a lot of deep generational wounds right now. Um, coming through our human history of the last several hundred years, but even the last handful of decades. You know, when you think back to where we were in the U.S. and in global history only 60 years ago, our previous generations had a lot less security and stability, a lot more imminent threat that they were dealing with. And that stress codes into our DNA. It coded into theirs and was passed down to our parents and was received by us. That epigenetics of stress is very, very powerful and can shape our responses to things. And now we have this insight, this wisdom. Now we understand that this programming through our recent and through our distant family history is so integral in what we believe we can accomplish and what threats we believe are looming before us or behind us. And taking a look at how we can unsubscribe from those generational patterns of threat, of doom, of peril, how we can connect with the security and stability that we have, that we are able to create in this life. And not to say nowhere in the world is is, you know, are, are people in imminent harm? There's a lot of situations right now in Europe, in Africa, even right here in the US where people are in threat. And so I can't say universally, we've got nothing to worry about. In fact, stress is obviously a part of life. But when we take a look at how we tend to paint a picture of the worst case scenario, we paint a picture of the potential harm and threat when we get perspective, when we get to the facts, when we stop being emotional in those responses and say, yes, and the evidence points to less crime, the evidence points to greater security, the evidence points to more financial wellness, and we can keep moving in that direction. If we choose to break the chain, if we choose to create a new reality and step into it, instead of being formed and limited by the beliefs and the realities that have treated our previous generations, then we can write a new future. So even though, you know, we feel more stressed than we ever have before, people rate themselves as more stressed and more burned out. When we look at the threats of human history, we can see that this is not one of the most stressful times and we can get a little bit of perspective. So I encourage you to, to take a look at ways in which you can start to change that point of view and perhaps start to envision what you want to hand down to your children or hand down to future generations if you don't have children. What kind of world do you want to create? What kind of security? What kind of connection, inclusion, and loving space do we want to be placeholders for? Do we want to be calling in and taking a stand for? Because that's how the change is going to happen. That's how the shift is going to be made so that our younger generations don't feel the same level of threat, 
don't need trigger warnings and safe spaces and these these insulation practices that they've started calling down because they feel that the world is such a threat. How do we turn down the alarms and start to recognize that we can create safety, that we within ourselves can create safety so that we don't need the world to be safety wrapped for us? right? We can start building that confidence within ourselves to be resilient and to move forward. And the influence of that in our future generations will be so powerful, so, so exciting to see what they then have the courage to call down and create. And I'd like to call back on as I'm wrapping up my, my little tirade and exploration here, I'll call back to some of the positivity practices that I mentioned earlier. You know, the gratitude practice is powerful, but also in choosing goals that resonate with you, that inspire you and call you forward. One of the most effective happiness practices is random acts of kindness. So you don't have to make a life goal to do a random act of kindness every day. But if you did, imagine what kind of karmic return you'd be experiencing from that. But think about ways that you can incorporate kindness, ways that generosity can be part of your goal, ways that you can extend a hand to support others as you are moving yourself forward. Because then we can all move forward together and we get when we give. We feel happier when we contribute to the happiness of others. And so if only for selfish reasons, I encourage you to give this experiment a try, but think about creating goals for yourself that encompass a generous spirit, that, that encompass giving to others, and see how that helps you start feeling happier where you are and experience lasting happiness, contentment, satisfaction, pleasure in what you're creating. So it's not all about reaching a finish line and patting yourself on the back and saying, good work, I never thought I'd get here, and looking around and not having anyone to share it with. How can we create goals that still feel exciting and magnetic, but we can move towards them and remain socially engaged because we're not giving up our social connections while we have our nose to the grindstone, right? How can we get to that finish line by bringing other people up along the path with us, by lifting others and by being kind? How can we do this so that happiness isn't way off in the future, sometimes so you need the binoculars to see it, but we are in it. And we can let that ease the path towards whatever success I hope that you are calling down that is aligned, that makes you excited to wake up every morning and think, what's the one thing today that I can move forward with the most momentum? What's the one thing I can do today to move me towards that vision? I wish for you that kind of magnetic calling. I wish for you the kind of space where you have the vision and the dream to call it down. And if you have any trouble picturing that, what does that look like? How do I unplug from these goals that don't make sense to me anymore? Please reach out to me. It's what I love to do. I love to support people in flipping the script on stress, on feeling more empowered in what they do and what they're creating in the world and the health and vitality that we all deserve to enjoy. So if you're feeling stuck on my website on happifiedlife.com, at the top, you will always find a button that says book a free call. 
and book a free session with me for 30 minutes and let's talk about where you are and what you'd love to create. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I'm so happy to have you with me along your journey. And until next time, take good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.